This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. And she says the easiest way to find rewarding careers is to start with fulfillment. So this can be difficult at first, but starting with your values. Instead of salary or instead of prestige, if your values aren't aligned with the company's values, in most cases you won't be fulfilled. That is the voice of Terrence Hood, Assistant Director in TCU's Career Services Department. Terrence will talk about changing careers, how often people do it, and what is the best practices if one is looking to make a change in their career. And we are so thankful today to be joined again by Terrence Hood. Terrence is a key member of TCU's Career for Center and Professional Development. He works primarily with TCU's alumni and student athletes. So thank you again for joining us today, Terrence. Rob, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And so today we're going to talk about changing careers. This is exceptionally timely because we see of all the kind of the uncertainty in the job market right now with the, with the virus and all the things that that's going to do in the future. So just to start off, how often would you say someone changes careers from time to time? Well, Rob, the recent stats about the U.S. Department of Labor is showing that people change careers between three and seven times. Um, by choice or not, Um, and even those under age 30 um, change change jobs more frequently than that. It's really not that unusual for all of us to change careers as we navigate the self-discovery process. And when you talk about a a career change, is that just the new company you work with, or is that uh, more the industry that you're moving into? It really just depends. Um, I typically would um, encourage a job change um, before a drastic career change, um, sometimes it may be it's not a good fit. Um, the work environment may not be a fit anymore. The daily tasks, so sometimes the company might not be a fit anymore. Um, research um, suggests that 40% of people who are considering a career change typically do so due to the work environment. They often love what they do, but sometimes it's no longer where they do it. And then changing careers can often lead to being happier at work which helps them to be more successful and satisfied as well. So what would you say are some key factors in determining if the work environment that you're in is right for you? Well, sometimes, Rob, my my experience has been some alumni um, in my appointments have just been burnt out um, in the actual environment they were in. Um, And then sometimes it's good to do a step back and consider the why, you know, what's motivating them, and then reevaluate what fulfills them. And then I do believe fulfillment is really a foundation for helping them find that ideal career. And if someone wants to change careers, what should they identify and how to do so? Rob, good question. I think in most cases, some soul searching um, could be very helpful. Um, There's a career coach who's um, renowned that I've listened to in the past who I follow named Hallie Crawford. And she's the industry recognized career coach. And she says the easiest way to find rewarding careers is to start with fulfillment. So this can be difficult at first, but starting with your values. Instead of salary or instead of prestige, if your values aren't aligned with the company's values, in most cases you won't be fulfilled. Um, I'd also suggest considering what your interests are, uh, your passions, your personality type, and who you work with the best, your natural strengths and talents, and then try to lean in on these as most as possible. Um, You can also brainstorm um, career ideas around what you like to read or topics that you're naturally drawn to as well. 
And so when someone's uh, trying to make the these identifications about their values, do you recommend they sit down with a journal or what's the best way to try to organize these thoughts? Sure, Rob. I think journaling is a great way to get your thoughts organized. Uh, you can also consider taking a career assessment. I'm in the TCU Career Center. We do offer a career assessments, and I call them self-discovery tools, and we have several that are available at no cost, such as the Strong Interest Inventory, which is a self-discovery tool that's centered around your interest. We also offer the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, which is a personality type assessment. Then there are others that are free and online, uh, like MyPlan.com, which is one that centers around values. There is 16personalities.com, which is very similar to the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Um, there's also the ONET interest profiler. I've also known some people to do vision boards to brainstorm kind of out of the box regarding things like their education. So what classes you took that were naturally drawn to that you may have forgotten about. Um, you can also take inventory of all of your experiences, whether it's a volunteer experience, past work experience, nonprofits, leadership, even leisure, and not just the tasks, but what they enjoy most about it and why. Uh, for example, maybe you planned an event and it was cool that you were able to see how rewarding it was to go from something that was just an idea to full fruition. So the idea is personal values could come before career values. So write down tasks you've done that you've enjoyed most, but then what did you benefit the most from it while you're excited about it? Why was that naturally rewarding for you? And when uh, alumni are, are coming out of college, we hear about um, job shadowing when they're in school or taking internships with new companies. But if there's an alumni that's more mid to later in their career that's wanting to go into a new industry, I mean, are those still steps that you would do as if you were a, a recent graduate? Absolutely, Rob. I think all ages and all stages can do these steps. Um, I've met with alumni from all backgrounds and all industries, and career advice is one of the most requested appointments that I work with, and if people are able to further experiment with a new industry, um, they might try even volunteering or even job shadowing, informational interviews, or even joining a professional association and pursue something possibly even on a part-time basis as well. And so when I'm when you start to feel burnout or, I, you know, the you see these the, the different things in the economy and you never know what, if I should make a change, not make a change. How would you typically tell someone it's time, you know, it's time to make a change? And Rob, that's a great question. It does depend on the person. Um, there are many that I'm working with alumni and appointments. They're still very confident about their skills. They just sometimes feel stuck and want to explore what else they might want to explore. Um, if you're age 50 and over, you might consider doing an encore career and trying something new. Uh, sometimes as children are older, um, but I've really seen those who really have either feeling stuck or they kind of hit the ceiling where they are, that there's no more room for growth and advancement, and they're seeking a new challenge. Hmm. And if I'm looking to go into a new industry, how am I able to take the skills that I have in my current industry and be able to parlay that into a completely different industry where I'm not going to be doing necessarily the, the same tasks at all? Great question, Rob. I think this could be expressed in a cover letter. Um, it could also require a functional or a skills-based resume um, that clearly lists transferable skills with the demonstration of those skills, and this could convince employers to take a chance on them. Also, networking can totally help with that as well. Um, you want someone that can put in a good word for you. Over 80% of jobs are now filled through referrals, 
and connections and networking. And so you want people who can vouch for you. You can also use LinkedIn to reach out to connections for informational interviews to start to get the insight you need on how you might convey the value you might bring. And sometimes, Rob, even unpaid experience like volunteer experience could be relevant as long as it relates to the role. And if there's an alumni that's necessarily been in the there's been in their same role for a while and they don't know how this whole job change process works and with the different technology changes how do they know you know is it the same process as when they did their resume you know 10 years ago or, or what's the different um formats that career change search looks like good question rob resume formats do change i do want to recommend uh, being kind of careful who you ask for help um, typical formats for resumes are chronological, as in a functional or skills-based resume. Um, every employee doesn't really value the functional resume um, because the experience section tends to be more towards the bottom of the resume, and it's not always clear what you did and where. So I do recommend typically focusing more on a skills-based resume if you're transitioning because keywords do matter when it comes to applicant tracking systems. There are many employers who have keyword search um, tools like ATS is applicant tracking systems to scan and rank keywords according to the job description. So in most cases, if it's a brand new industry, some type of a functional or a skills-based or a combination of those types of formats works better in those situations and also depends on the industry. Um, if you know someone in HR that might be in an industry that you're pursuing, it might not hurt to ask them to review it and get their advice as well. And you talk about a skill-based resume, a uh, chronological-based resume. Where, where can someone go and find and look at the different kinds of resumes you spoke about and know which one is right for them? Absolutely, Rob. Well, on our website, the careers.tcu.edu website, we do have resume tips and handouts. Um, but every situation is different, so I do recommend um, alumni reach out to me for appointments and handshake. Uh, there are some who have always used a chronological resume. Again, that could work in some instances with a cover letter. So you might even use some of your cover letter content to convey some of those transferable skills. And so in most cases, I recommend using a chronological. That's actually the most preferred format by employers. But if you're transitioning, maybe a skills-based resume functional could do the trick with a cover letter to provide that context of why you're transitioning. Um, but I would recommend going to our website, um, look at careers.tcu.edu for some sample resumes by college. And I think most of those are more the chronological resume, but I'm always happy to work with them to develop um, more of a skills-based or functional resume, if that's helpful. And finally, what other tips would you have for someone that's looking to make this career change, and how can they uh, set up a time with you to go more one-on-one? -on -one? Yes, sir, Rob. Well, if you're thinking about a career change, um, this is definitely something that requires a lot of thought and a lot of reflection. So I recommend to alumni, you're not in this by yourself. Um, I am a career coach that helps alumni. Um, it is a process. So it doesn't happen overnight. Um, but if you want to reach out to me for an appointment to talk about your options or what your next steps might be, um, please go to um, our Handshake website um, at tcu.joinhandshake.com. You can schedule appointments with me there. You'll see my entire calendar. Or Thank you, you so much for listening to this episode of the Fraud for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member well, would like you to get so in much touch with us to share your story, forward to all the alumni please contact us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward well, to sharing our next story of how TCU alumni are changing the world. Today.